This could be the day that everything changes in your life. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. I, I don't know about you, but I want a change in my life. When I leave this house, I don't want to be the same. Amen. I want to be changed. Hallelujah. Praise God. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but now are the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Praise God. Amen. If you'll help me pray today, amen. Let's just lift our hands to the Lord. Lift your heart to the Lord. Tell the Lord, God, I need touch of the Holy Ghost today. God, I need renewing in the Holy Ghost. You're one prayer meeting away from a renewing in the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, you're just one cry out to the Master. God, I need you today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus. Oh, let's love him. Hallelujah. Praise God. You can be seated. I want to preach today the title. I, th I think I've preached it a long time ago. I couldn't find my notes. It wasn't important, but God had put it in my spirit. But I want to preach on this title today, The Man in the Mirror. The Man in the Mirror. I was thinking of this yesterday and late last night, a man just kind of meditating upon what God wanted me to preach on today, and uh, I don't have a, I have a book that I get my messages out of, praise God, but I don't go online and try to find uh, fancy little sermons and things that'll tickle your ears, because the Bible says in the last days they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears and be turned away unto fables, and I don't want to just be turned away unto fables, but I am going to talk to you today, amen, about some things in this world that we're somewhat familiar with. But this morning, my wife began to tell me, and I thought, wow, how ironic that is that uh, this, this conversation would be about the image of who we are. And uh, she said, I want to show you a picture of this guy. He's 14 years old. He's six foot ten, and uh, didn't say how much he weighed, but I know how much I weigh, and I know how tall I am, so he's a heavy-duty guy, because he's bigger than me, praise God. And, uh, and he, he made the statement, and I thought to myself, that's, that's my friend right there, because uh, unless you're tall, you don't understand what it means when uh, this young man said, I come to terms with myself that... I'm just a big person, and that when I walk into the store, store, I look at the tops of the shelves and not the bottom of the shelves, and when I walk around in a crowd of people, I look at the tops of people's heads, and, and uh, he said, I just come to terms with myself that I'm just a big person, and he said, I'm comfortable with that, and I thought to myself, you know, the image that we are 
It doesn't matter what anybody says about it. God made us perfect just the way we are. Oh, praise God. Amen. I don't have to go through life uh, worried about whether or not I look good enough for God. When God saw me, he says, amen, that it is good. Amen, that my creation is good. When you look at yourself in the mirror, just tell yourself, you know what, self? Amen, God made you really good today. Amen, I'm going to go into this world today with the outlook. Amen, I'm in the image of God. Oh, praise God. Amen, and uh, uh, thank God that we are created in his image. Uh, We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, But we find in the word of God that a king, Nebuchadnezzar, and if you're settling in for a long winter's nap, amen, you better get ready to pray in the altar because I feel like God has somebody's number here today. Amen. But uh, this king, Nebuchadnezzar, he had put an image up. Daniel had interpreted the image, and instead of trying to Uh, Listen to the voice of God speaking to him through his man of God. The man of God stood in front of him and he told him the answer to his dream and the answer to his vision. And instead of hearing the voice of God, he created an image for people to worship. And that image uh, was a graven image. That image was made of gold. That image uh, was very large and it was imposing And people were made to bow down and worship that image. And so we understand and we know the story of these four Hebrew children. Now the Bible tells us the account of three Hebrew children that they refused to bow their knee. They refused to worship the image of the beast, of the the image of the, uh, of the, the, the creation that King Nebuchadnezzar said that when you hear the music play, you're going to bow down and worship it. And they said, we're not going to. Amen. Amen. And they had already made up in their minds these were young people who were taught to, amen, that hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Praise God. There's not a trinity. Amen. There's just one God. Jesus Christ, he was the Father in creation, the Son in redemption, and the Holy Ghost in regeneration. I want to tell you today that you're serving the same God that was in the creation in the beginning. You're serving the same God today. He doesn't change faces. He doesn't change images. Amen. He's the same God yesterday, today. Day and forever. Well, hallelujah. And they were taught to, amen, that thou shalt have no other gods before me. They were taught that thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images, nor worship those graven images. And Jesus answered in Luke 4 and 8, he said unto them, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship 
the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. And you hear this heathen king asking these three Hebrew children. He said, why aren't you worshiping the beast? He said in verse 15 of Daniel chapter 3, he said, now if you be ready that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, the dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you'll fall down and worship the image which I have made. It's good for you, but if you worship not, you're going to be cast into the burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? All of a sudden, that king stepped across the line. And he said, there's no God that can deliver you out of my hands. Oh, it, it, it just goes down from generation to generation to generation that there's going to be those who stand up and say, we're going to serve God. There's going to be those that stand up and say, we're going to be, amen, on God's side. We're not bowing our knees. And there's always going to be those that try to get you to bow your knees. But I'm preaching to you today, amen, and stand fast, hold fast, be strong in the Holy Ghost, be strong in the Lord, amen, be strong in your walk with God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king, you know, this, this fad of mutilating your body to try to make you that something that God never made you. It isn't a new thing. They had taken those young men and had destroyed their bodies and made them eunuchs. They had taken their names and they had changed their names from Hebrew names and changed their names to uh, that they are idol worshipers and that they're sons of the gods and and all these names, uh, amen, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was not their Hebrew names. It was, uh, amen, the Babylonish names that Nebuchadnezzar had given to them. And that's the way uh, Satan does this world. Amen, he wants to try to change your image and change the way that you look and change the way that God has worked in your life and do everything he can to destroy what God has started. Hey, what God has started in me, he'll finish it. What God has done in my life, hey man, he'll make it. Hey man, exactly what he wants it to be. Hey man, don't try to talk me into changing my image. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to serve God. Oh, praise the Lord. Hey man. And I'm talking to you about the man in the mirror today. But I've got to build a foundation. I'm going to tell you a little bit of what this world's trying to do to the church today. And those three Hebrew children, they said, King, we're not even careful to answer you about this matter. They said, we're not afraid of you. We're not afraid of the burning, fiery furnace. Amen. We are going to keep on serving our God even in the midst of all the problems. 
of this world. Come on, somebody, don't, don't give up on me now. And we're going to serve God. We're not going to worship the golden image which you have set up. I'm preaching, preaching to you today. Satan will tell you to worship this idol and to look this way. And God tells his people, you are created in my image. How does, how does God create us? First of all, Ezekiel 18 and 4, you can't see God. You can't touch God. You can't, uh, the Bible says that we can feel him. We know he's near. We know that the spirit of God is moving. We know that God is doing a work in our life. We know that all these things, and I want you to know today that that same God is here right now. And he created us just like he created man in the beginning. You say, well, he didn't take dust and form it and, and, and breathe into man the breath of life. Hey, Amen. He does better than that. Hey, Amen. He creates us before we're born. He knows our name. Hey, Amen. He knew me from my mother's womb. Oh, thank God. I said, thank God that God knows exactly who I am. Amen. I said, God knows who I am. Amen. God, he knows exactly who you are, where you're at, what you have need of right now. But Ezekiel 18 and 4 says, all souls are mine. So God creates us with a soul. The soul is that part of us that is invisible. That although man is trying to replicate genetics and trying to form man out of uh, uh, all these ways. I'm going to put him in a test tube. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, create, recreate man. I'm going to transplant a head onto another person's body. All these things. Uh, man still hasn't figured out where the soul comes from. Well, I have. It comes from God. And it's something that God gives you that no man can ever give you. And it's the part of you that, that while you, oh yeah, God, when he, when he give you a soul, not only did he give you a soul, but he give you a mind, your brain. Amen. Inside that cranium uh, is some gray matter that is not uh, uh, just something that floats around and causes your body to operate and, and everything to fire right and your heart to beat. Uh, amen. But God give you something to reason with. Uh, amen. That conscience. Uh, amen. Oh yeah, God gives us the conscience. Uh, and that conscience gets weighed down. The conscience. Uh, amen. You know how you get a good conscience? I don't know about you, but I've had some things weigh on my conscience before. I, I've had some things weigh down on me and the Bible says that baptism uh, is the answer uh, of a good conscience towards God. Uh, amen. Hey, you want to get right with God, you need to get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, amen. And let the blood of Jesus cleanse you. Hallelujah. But the soul, that soul on the inside that nobody can see. That soul, amen, that you lay your head down at night 
And you say, God, if you come tonight, my soul's going to be lost. My soul isn't ready to meet you, God. Amen. My soul... God, I, I, I've got to do something about the soul. And you know something? I can, I can preach to you. God has, has called me to be a preacher. God has called me to be a pastor. And I, I reach for you. And I, I talk to you. And I, I say, man, I love you. I'm praying for you. But only you can do something about your soul. I can't get baptized for you. I can't get the Holy Ghost for you. I can't repent for you. You have to do something about your soul. Because it's that part of you that God gave and unless you get it right with God, the soul can be lost. You say, Pastor Character, where does the soul go after I die? You go straight back to God. Because Ezekiel 18 and 4 says, God says, all souls belong to him. He said they're mine. Think about that. Everybody that steps out of this life, their soul immediately goes back to the one that gave it. What happens at that point? God becomes your judge. No longer can he be a savior. He becomes a judge. Oh, this isn't in my notes. This isn't in my notes, but I feel this in the Holy Ghost right now. But the Word of God tells us, Paul wrote, he said, some men's sins go on ahead. And some men's sins, they follow after. You say, what does that mean, Pastor Carriker? is that unless you get baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins, those sins are still tagging along. Those sins are still attached. But the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, when you get baptized in Jesus' in name and the blood of Jesus is applied, hey man, all those sins are remitted. Those sins, they go on ahead. They go on ahead and God says, I'm going to take care of them. Amen. As far as the east is from the west, amen, so have you removed my transgressions from me. David wrote it and you know something, he never saw it until Jesus died on Calvary but he was writing prophetically that the blood of Jesus cleanses me from my sins. Come on, there's someone here today Amen, that you've been carrying around a load of guilt and pain and sin long enough. You need to say, okay, God, I need the blood of Jesus. Maybe you need it again today. Maybe you need it for the first time. But you've got to be cleansed of your sins. How does God create us? He creates us with our soul. He creates us as his offspring. Acts 17, 28, Paul said to the men at Mars Hill, he said, for in him we live and move and have our being. As certain also of your poets have said, for we are also 
his offspring. We're the offspring of God. Think about that. I said we're the offspring of God. That God created us not just as a creation, but as his children. Come on. Everybody get with me today. And so we're made in his, as his offspring. We're made in the image of God, in his own image. Genesis 1 and 27 says, So God created man in his own image. And in the image of God created he him, male and female. You say, how was I created? You're either created a male or a female. Don't let the world confuse you. Don't let sin confuse you. God made you perfect just like you are. And so when we look at our text today, it says you are a, everyone say, I'm chosen. I'm royal. Everyone say, I'm holy. God said, be ye holy, for I am holy. Be holy in all manner of conversation. Be holy in the way you live. Be holy in the way you dress. Be holy. And I didn't come to preach on holiness today. But we serve a holy God. Oh, you think about that today. And it says that in time past, we're not a people. But now, everyone say now, I'm I'm the people of God. You say, I'm just one person. Yeah, I know it. (laughs) I've been accused of being more than one, but we're all still just one person. We're the people of God which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. This is where I want you to look in the mirror right now. That the man in the mirror, there's my, my wife and daughter, they like to decorate the house. If, if it was left up to me to decorate a house, It would be very plain. There's the potential that it could be messy. I said potential. Don't don't judge me fast. Don't make hard, fast decisions about Brother Character, Pastor Character. But they put this mirror on the wall. It's a chalkboard. You can write on it. But that mirror reminds me every time I look at it of when I was a child and I would read all the fables, all the stories. And your mind's already ahead of mine, my words that mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? And so when we look in the mirror, all of us are extremely critical of ourselves and the way we look. That's why we comb our hair, we brush our teeth, we wash our face because we see ourselves when nobody else sees sees us. 
How many is with me here right now? We see ourselves when there's nobody else around. And we say to ourselves, you know, you need to get cleaned up. You need to get your hair combed. You need to get your teeth brushed. You need to get your clothes ironed so that when you walk out in public, you're presentable. But we still look in that mirror. And the Bible says we look, we look in a mirror darkly. We look in a mirror. But the Bible says in another passage that we straightway, when we turn away from that mirror, we forget what manner of person we are. Do you think that was just talking about the physical? The allusion was to that. But really, it's talking about the spiritual man. It's talking about this person that you know. You can't see it, but you know what type of person is inside. God knows. God knows everything. But that man in the mirror, we look at, I look at him. I don't know about you, but I've talked to myself in the mirror and said, you know, you better get your act together because you're, you're operating way underneath where you're supposed to be, Nathan Carriker. And today, as we look into that mirror, as we look into the face of God, what reflection is coming back? There was a man by the name of Vincent. Everybody, nowadays they talk about the worth of his paintings. His last name is Van Gogh. And Vincent Van Gogh, he would paint portraits of himself and as I read about artists painting themselves it's a, an extremely difficult thing to paint a self portrait when we look at ourselves in the mirror and then somebody takes a picture of us I don't know if you've had this experience but I'll say man that's not the guy I see in the mirror you say man who's that guy in that picture He's got gray hair. He's overweight. What in the world's going on? That's not who I am. But when he would paint those portraits, he would be critical of himself. And he would paint himself as he would see himself on how he felt and how he looked inwardly. And you can go online and look at the different self-portraits of Van Gogh. And you can see the young. You can see the perplexed. You can see the sick. You can see the portraits that he painted all through his life. And I want to ask you today that if you would sit down and paint the portrait of the man in the mirror, what would that portrait look like today? 
Would that portrait be one that you would allow to be hung on a wall? Or would it be that portrait that you take out to the shed and you put behind something because you don't want anybody to see? Think about what that portrait would look like today. Holy Ghost is reaching for you right now. Pastor, there's things in my life that nobody knows about. You know who you need to tell? You need to make your way to an altar and pour your heart out to God. Maybe there's things in your life from bygone years. There may be things from childhood memories, things that you may have had to endure. That what you need to do is lay it on the altar and say, God, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to leave that far, far behind. Maybe there's things that people have said or done to you that you need to say God I don't want to harbor hard feelings in my heart anymore but God I want to forgive them I want to let it go God would you please forgive me for the things I've done the things I've said I'm reaching for you here today Isaiah 1 and 18 It says, come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. The prophecy of the blood of Jesus that would cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's Sunday morning. God has brought you mercifully. We're the the people of mercy. God's mercy once again has extended to us. And there's time. I said there's time. God wants you to cry out to him. And only you can face that man, that woman in the mirror, and say, God, I don't want this anymore. God, I want my portrait to be one of a cleansing. That portrait to be one of healing. The things that I've battled with for years, God, I want that portrait to be one of deliverance. That the addictions that I've dealt with year after year after year. And I've tried in myself. And God, only you can help me through this. And God, only you can deliver me from this. You're not going to do it any other way. You're going to do it by the power of the Holy Ghost. 
we could all stand, if we could all just not look around. I feel the Holy Ghost moving right now. Is there anybody here today that you'd make your way down to this altar? Bow your knee. Cry out to God. Say, God, forgive me. God, cleanse me. God, I need the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is here right now. Come on, the Holy Ghost is reaching for you right now. The Holy Ghost has been talking to you this week. God has been drawing you this week. Come on, church, let's cry out to God. Come on, young person. Don't worry about who's looking. Don't look. Just lift your hands up to God and say, God, here I am. Forgive me of my sins. I need you, Jesus. Oh, come on, church, look around you. There's those that need the Holy Ghost. There's those that need to be prayed with right now. Oh, God. In the name of Jesus. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Come on, slip a hand on somebody's shoulder next to you. Can you intercede for them? When's the last time you interceded for your soul? When's the last time that you cried and you cried out to God? God, I need you right now. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Oh, let the Holy Ghost touch you right now. God, I need your renewing today. Come on, if you've received the Holy Ghost, the way that you get the Holy Ghost and the way that you receive it, the way that you're renewed in the Holy Ghost, it's all the same way. You just pray until you talk in tongues. Come on, let the Holy Ghost touch you right now. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Thank you. 